Hi, and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. This is Mariana. And Elizabeth. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good, I think. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. You're very good. Yeah. Doing all right. I'm busy like crazy around here recently, which is weird because sometimes I feel like I'm just sitting staring at the wall going, okay, I know I have things to get done, but oh my gosh. It's overwhelming. Well, I was talking to somebody who owns his own business too. And uh, we were talking about the ebbs and flows of this business. Uh huh. And I was just thinking this is definitely, um, well, for you, it, it could be qualified as a tsunami. Right. <laughs> I don't know when you're going to be able to come back down from that. Yeah, it's funny because every time I think that my schedule is going to clear out and, you know, calm down for a little while, then something else like crops up and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, so let's do that now. <laughs> Which is good. I feel like we're both at a place uh, that we're busier. Yes, it's nice to be busy. Definitely. It is nice to be busy. But I, I have to admit, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I went to that conference I was telling you about, and I had all these people who said that they were going to send me their manuscripts, and not a one of them did. Well, how long has it been? Two weeks. No. Yeah. Four weeks. Yeah. I just, I feel like people take a lot longer than than they should or than, than we expect them to, to do stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like, they and and sometimes it's because they're disorganized, but sometimes it's because they think, oh well, she's probably got all this stuff going on, and they just miss the window. Well, and I do, but I kind of want to know how I can schedule out my time, you know, <laughs> so I can line up projects. So I was talking to somebody else, and they they were saying, "So are you interested in my book?" And I said, "Well, of course I'm interested in your book, but it's not a book yet because the manuscript's not complete, and I've, you know." Right. My one hard and fast line, I don't do genres. Uh, you know, I do all kinds of different genres. I don't do genre uh, exceptions through Harrelson Press. But one thing mm -hmm. I do require is that it's a full manuscript before you even send it to me. Right. Because I've been, I've committed to something too often and not had it pan out. And then it throws off my whole schedule. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, of course I'm interested in your book, but you had to send me your book. So, and it's got to be a complete manuscript before we start talking about, you know, publishing and release and turnaround and all those things. You know, I can't deal in abstracts and estimations. Right. Yeah. There's no way you can tell people like when to expect it when you don't even know how much work is involved. So. And I don't know what, how far along you are, you know, right. I, I, I kind of know, but I, I don't really know. Oh, you mean how... me specifically? <clears throat> huh? You, no. you mean me specifically or you in general? Uh, you, these people who have told okay. me that they're going to send me like, the book. Uh, no, 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 not you specifically. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll be there Although soon. I would love to hear where you are. <laughs> I'll be there soon, I promise. I'm 100 pages into my rewrite, so that's, that's actually awesome. pretty good. Because there's like uh, not quite 300 pages to the manuscript. So so you're doing this as your edit and then you're going to send it to a freelance editor. Is that your next step? That's probably the next step. Yeah. I'm going to send it to some beta readers too, just to make sure I hit the mark. How exciting is that? Yeah. So. Whee! That's awesome. I got 5,000 more words on my manuscript and I feel like yeah. I've got a lot accomplished, but... 
now I, I, you know, you get to the point where you're in a nice rhythm and a nice stride and then something else comes up and you're like, no, I want to get back to it. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've hit one of those actually. Well, no, I, that's not true even because like I haven't even had a good chance to get into a stride because this camp session, I just like, I keep stalling and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I, because I need to get it done. It's going to be done by the end of April. But for some reason, the first six days or five days, I was just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Oh, this is going to be fine. And then I'm like, wait, it's April 7th. I have stuff to do. So it's just kind of terrifying. Well, I'm glad somebody else has <clears throat> mentioned that because I feel like um, April kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was April 1st. I knew it was April 2nd. I knew it was April 3rd. But then suddenly on April 4th, I was like, oh my gosh, it's April. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Is that just me? No, it's not just you. It's definitely like, oh, holy heck, we've got to get stuff done. Right? So, Yeah. Yeah, but Ugh. but it's good. It's just, you know, there's stuff to do. And good stuff to do, I would say. Yes, definitely. So I have the new Poets and Writers here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm jealous because I don't think, I mean, I'm going to go rummage around on my coffee table and see if I can't find my copy eventually. But Do you get it to your house? Yeah, I do. I don't have an nice. office, so it has to come to my house. Oh, I get mine at Barnes & Noble. That's why I was asking. Oh, well, that explains it. No, no, no. I have a subscription. <clears throat> because okay, I'm wait, professional. Hold on. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a prof professional, too, who likes to get out of the house. I see. So you Okay, so here. Coffee. Yes. Okay, here's the savvy self-publisher. Okay, this is an article in here. So here's what it says. Um, okay, so it's talking about somebody who had a traditional publishing model. And this is what he says. Uh, I gave detailed input on what I wanted for the cover design, but the publisher ignored my recommendations and instead used a stock photo. I insisted on revising the design three times without help from the in-house designer. During the negotiations wow. for the second book, the publisher assured me I would have its full support and the process would be much smoother. In some ways, the experience was worse. <laughs> and, um... So then he goes on to talk about the publishing industry and how it is not an author nurturing model, which is fascinating to me because at Harrelson Press, what I say is that it's an author uh, centered or sorry, an author led publishing experience. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what are you talking about? And this is exactly what I say. I say, as an author, you have a voice in what you see your book becoming. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have lots of authors who send me a cover design or at least an idea for a cover design. And I actually put that into play and that's very different for publishers. Yeah. Now I'll tweak it based on my market research and based on what I think is going to sell and what I think is not going to sell. But you know, most places, if you're in a traditional publishing mo model and people, you know, people are like, no, I want to traditionally publish. I don't want to. Okay. If you want to traditionally publish, you're going to lose your choice in a lot of these things. Yeah. 
So here it goes on to um, his self-publishing experience. And this is what he says. From start to finish, I probably spent less than $10,000 for three formats, a hardcover, a paperback, and a Kindle version. It took less than three months, far less time than when I worked with a publisher. And he, so he goes on to say, you have to put some money into publishing a book. Right. You have to get ready for those costs. And one of his things is editing, formatting, and other minutia are important, but probably the least enjoyable part of the process for him <laughs> as an author. But you have to do it. Right. Because it has to be, it has to be good in order to sell. Right. To okay. So here's the conclusion. Right. So then they have an agent's take on this experience. And she says, if you want to be treated like a professional, your book needs to look as if it were published by a traditional publisher. You can't simply format a 20 page document, hire a designer and say you're an author. The most successful self-published authors are willing to make an investment of time and money to produce a quality book. Mm -hmm. And I circled time and money like three times. <laughs> And that's one of the things that I want to say to authors that I'm working with. You have to understand if you're in a traditional publishing model, you you have to give up some uh, idea of timing and of format initially in order to give, at least for me, the publisher time to work in a printed run of some sort. Right. And I think a lot of a lot of people I work with don't understand how different the publishing experience is with Harrelson Press, and I get, um, I get to the point where I want to to tell show them this stuff. Okay, mm -hmm. let me tell you this story of this author who had no control over it, who was promised by the publisher on the second book that he would get all of the design for the cover and got nothing, nothing. Yeah. That could be your experience. <laughs> you know, You're right. It could be. It could be anybody's experience. Yeah. And, and, and you're I giving guess, me a hard time. <laughs> well, and that I think is like the point when people like think about this age that is self-publishing. Because, I mean, you can do, you know, you can release something at any point and in any shape that you want to. But if you want it to be successful you have to put the most into it that you can. And then after that, like you, I mean, you move on to the next thing and you start working on the next thing, but like, but yeah, you have to like, you have to be willing to, to put in the, the time um, and your time is money too. So like, yes, you know, like if you're going to do certain aspects of it yourself because you're confident in your own abilities then that's great, but like you have to, account for the expense that that is as well. So that's my, but thoughts. I don't think many authors, especially if they're going the self publishing route, know what to expect or how much these kinds of things cost. Yeah. You know, so you read that article as a writer and if you are a professional writer, I would encourage you to, or want to be a professional writer to read publications like this, not only because they have great, um, advertisements for submissions and great articles like this one, but also because it gives you an idea of what to expect from the process. So right. when a freelance editor gives you a quote, you don't freak out because you know <laughs> what that is going to cost. And you know that that's an investment that you need to make. Which that totally happened to me this week. 
on the, I was the freelance editor side. So somebody contacted me for a quote because they got my card from um, an event that they were at where my cards were distributed. And, um, and she was like, you know, I'm really interested in getting a quote. And, you know, so I did a sample edit for her and, you know, she told me what she needed and I agreed that she did need some developmental work on it and whatever. And, um, then I, you know, I told her how much it was going to cost. I subtracted the sample edit, which I always do. I gave her a discount because it was on the card that was distributed for a discount. Um, and so it came back pretty generous (laughs) and she was like, oh, I don't want to spend that much money. And I was like, did you not like read anything on the website or how much money did you want to spend? A hundred bucks? Like, I'm sorry, but this is thinking because or or like, like how long were you expecting it was going to take? Because I'm like, let's talk about even like minimum wage and number of hours. Like, right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, come on people. (laughs) It's an investment. But at the same time, and that's what I, when I emailed her back, you know, I was like, you know, okay, that's perfectly understandable. You know, like quality editing is an investment. And so best of luck. But just so you guys know, guys, it's an investment. Yes. And you have to be willing to invest. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have somebody else who's, um, well, I just don't have the money for that. Okay. Well, then it's not time to make your book yet. It's not time to pleasure a book. Yeah. 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 I'm and glad that you had that experience and that we can talk about those experiences here. <laughs> it's, I think, like, to me, um, I guess that the, the idea is, you know, because you can get um, a certain amount of readers who are going to, you know, overlook spelling and grammar or like plot holes or whatever it is that you had that you needed editing for or bad formatting or, you know, like a weird cover. But like the point is because somebody is always going to read something like that. But the point is that like, if you want to tap the potential of the story that you have, if you want it to reach a wider audience, if you want to like set yourself up as someone who produces quality work right as a professional right you yeah you have to do that wider otherwise it's just like glorified fan fiction you know like maybe it's your original story so it's not like actually a a harry potter twilight knockoff but like it's still it that's what it it's max of is that you just like wrote it and published it on your blog without having anyone look at it. And that's fine if that's all you want, but if you actually want more people to read what you're writing, if you want to reach a wider audience, if you actually want to make back your investment, you have to, and, and your investment of time is included in that. Um, You have to be willing to invest a little more money into it to make it a better product. Right. So I sent you this morning on Facebook uh, an article about um, businesses who are investing in writing training yeah, for their. Did you see that for their yeah. professionals here? I'll let me look it up and I'll um, link it in the in the show notes too. But you know, being a a professional writer is something that is not 
you know, Sam it talks about the things that are going to be automized or, you know, done by robotics a lot. And, and you can see that over and over again that it's coming. But one of the things that's not going to happen, because we know this with translations and with Google Translate, as great as it is, it, it doesn't, it can't capture the nuances of language. And so one of the things that's going to be a highly marketable skill is being a good writer. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to talk about these things and the importance of writing, as well as, you know, per project yourself as a professional writer, then you could really have some, some good gigs coming up here. But in order to be a professional writer, you have to take the time and I'm terrible at this. You know, I get to the point where I, I, you know, publish something on my blog and I don't do the editing that I should do. Obviously, you know, there are going to be typos and some things like that, that slip by. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I don't take the time to be a good writer. Cause I'm just trying to get something posted, yep. you know, or whatever reason. So I understand that you get to the point that you just want to, you just want to be done with your book. You want your book to be on the Kindle store. You want your book to be published. And so you get to the point where you want it to be done so much that you don't take the time and energy to make it good. Right. I mean, right. can you understand that? Do you feel that ever? I mean, yes, because like, I think, um, like to a certain extent with this project, I'm like, you know, envisioning what it will be like when it's out. But I also, I have a, I have a little bit of a perfectionist streak (laughs) and, um, and it's not even that really. It's that like, I want, I want to tell this story. I want it to be good, this story. Like I just do. And so like, I don't feel like I've worked on it hard enough yet. And that's going to end up being my perfectionist streak and somebody's probably going to have to tell me just to stop and actually press publish on it because I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. It can, it can use more work. It can use more work. Um, but because I, you know, I, I like my character and I want her, I want other people to like her too. So, um, but they can't ever like her if you never put her out there. Well, and that's, <laughs> that, that's the juxtaposition. Exactly. That's the paradox. Um, so I, I put a link in the chat for you, by the way. Um, Ooh. So that you can link it for the show notes, but it's a business insider article from 2014 about novels written by computers. Um, just putting that out there because, you know, they say that, Computers can't capture the nuance of language, but I also watched the movie Her and Oh yeah. I you know, like I know that's science fiction, but science fiction and science fact are not that far off from each other sometimes. And I don't know, but I feel like I feel like AI is gonna creep up on us. So um anyways, it's just interesting to think about because because I think someday you won't be able to tell the difference between computer-generated dialogue and um, human-generated dialogue, and so then, yeah. like, what are what are you going to do <laughs> if you if you're not good or if you're not willing to put the time into making a good product? So, just saying, it's a good question. But I, I thought that was I thought that was interesting because we don't really talk about what to expect as a writer for the things that you need to get published, you know? Yeah, but isn't that going to go in our book? Process. That's true. 
We're writing a book, guys. Did we tell you that? I think we did. Yes. But if we didn't, let's harp oh. on it again for a minute. We're writing a book and we can talk about the some of those different things that you need to expect. Um, and, and, and I mean, because that's what the book is going to be about is like the publishing process, when getting you yourself published, um, in this day of self age of self publishing, if, or, you know, indie publishing or however you want to go about it. Um, but just the different aspects and things that you need to like focus on and worry about and things you might not be expecting. So look for that book from us because it's going to come out mm, later this year. I hope. Yes. Get around to it. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually talking about, um, I, I'm considering at Harrelson Press, we did an anthology called My Hardest Year of Teaching and, and Why I Didn't Quit, which is a great compilation of teacher essays. And I think it was our second book that we ever published. And I really want to do an anthology, now talking to you about your anthology, um, by writers about why they write. And yes. so keep keep listening and looking at Harrelson press to know about the submission guidelines and those kinds of things. Um, but okay. I'm going back to my poets and writers because I, I underlined and I, you know, I, I bent down pages in preparation. You mm -hmm. should be impressed. I, I prepared for this. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. So I was thinking about, about this, um, this idea of sending your work out into the world, which we talk about a lot in how nerve wracking that process is, is, and we also, but we also talk about how as an author, you really have to be a marketer. You have to be someone who is willing to stand up for your work and stand behind your work and talk about your work and promote your work. Well, so this kind of gets at, again, the juxtaposition between those two things. Uh, this article says that that obsessing about the reception of our work can be disadvantageous as well as frustrating. Those anxieties act against your artistic impulses. You're worrying about whether you're worthwhile and that leads to insecurity. And that mm -hmm. generally leads to bad decisions on the page. Mm, that's true. I think because suddenly you write characters that are feeling the insecurities that you're feeling. And then everybody's like, Oh, that character's needy. I don't want to be that. <laughs> well, and sometimes that's a good thing um, to, to be able to write characters that have insecurities, but if you can't figure out how to overcome them, I mean, that's kind of the point of your writing is to figure out either ways to overcome them or to tell a cautionary tale of what happens when you don't overcome them or something like that. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it takes, you need to be able to, to, uh, separate yourself from your work, um, enough to be able to allow for the fact that not everyone is going to like what you have written because people are vastly different. And so there you go. Not everyone likes it, but you look for the people who do like it and then you talk to them and, um, and, and sometimes in the process, you glean feedback out of that to make the next book better. And I think that I feel like that was some advice that I read somewhere is that like, once you've put one work out into the world, the best antidote for the anxiety that comes with that is just to start working on the next thing, just like yep. it's out there now. And so you leave it and you just move on and do the next thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is talking about, I think, uh, artist who or an author who hasn't put anything out into the world, but then you get the compound effect of reading reviews of what people think about your writing and that getting into your head. And right. it's really difficult to think, okay, I have this story and this story is worth sharing. 
Yes. But that's something that you have to repeat to yourself again and again. Or I have this character that came and tapped me on the shoulder and she needs to be introduced to the world. And I am the means by which that's going to happen. But whatever, whatever you need to tell yourself, tell yourself that and repeat it to yourself over and over again. Well, and that was, I think a blog post that I wrote, not yesterday, I wrote a different one, but, um, it's that whole, the one that I wrote on the 24th, I'll put a link, um, about you have permission to suck. Um, like yes. Somebody wants to hear your story and somebody needs your story. And you don't get better unless you work on something. But the quote was from Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, give what you have to someone, it may be better than you dare to think. And so like, that's, I guess the point is that like you write because somebody is needs to read what you're writing. And so they need, they need either your character or your concept. And if you are too scared to share it, then the people who need it aren't going to benefit from it. And yes, it's a painful process because you're like bearing your soul. You know, it's, it's your, your babies, your ideas, your opinions, your characters, they're all just being put out there for other people to interact with and react to. And, and not always is that going to be in a friendly and favorable manner, but, um, but the people that don't react to it in a friendly and favorable manner aren't the people that you're looking to reach. It's the people that do. So you have to, you have to be willing to reach out so that you can reach the people that need what you have written. Okay. So this is, a, I mean, you could have written this article in Poets and Writers. <laughs> What I've realized is that I don't know who needs my story. Hearing from people and getting letters and meeting readers at book signings who have been moved by my work has made me realize that that's the relationship I'm trying to cultivate. Yeah. You have to use a different measuring stick for success in the arts. Did you do the work that you needed to do? Did you write the best book that you could at that moment in your life? If you can answer yes to that, then no matter what happens, you succeeded. Yeah. I think I... um. The one of the it was kind of the tipping point for me as far as like getting the emotional ball rolling on finishing this novel and sharing it, even if I don't think it's entirely perfect yet. Um, was I listened to a an interview with the lead singer for the Mountain Goats on NPR, yes. and he was talking about you know how when he does signings, like he you know stands there behind the desk while people come and like talk to him and like pour out their emotions onto him of like how much a song meant that he wrote and how it applied to their lives and how like they used it during this really tough time and how he has to be like a vessel for that to hold that space for them while they share it with him and then he has to like dump it later because he can't hold that that emotion forever um but like he was just talking about how like how surprised he was that that is what happened because when he's writing the thing, he's not thinking that it's meant for somebody, you know, he's just writing the thing. And then like, it becomes this thing apart from him and people that he never would have expected and use it in ways that he never would have dreamed to be able to cope with their own lives. And, and that for me was like, you know, like I don't have any delusions of grandeur, but I'm like, if there's one person out there who reads the story that I write and like has an emotional connection to my character, then it's worth it. And so I just need to keep doing it because I need to put her on the page and I need to shove her out into the world and make her available for somebody 
to read and to connect with. And then maybe there's another one in there, another character somewhere that it's the same thing and I can do that again. But so that's the point. That's why that's why we bleed over the page, right? Yeah. So that we can do that. But anyway. Well, yeah. And trying to find that connection is so essential. It's how, you know, and I think that this is a, a great reflection because sometimes we forget that the art of writing is really an art, that it's something um, equivalent to going to an art museum and letting people judge that and, you know, putting response cards out. We just went to the Columbia Museum and there were response cards about what did this exhibit make you feel? And then suddenly all these people were adding words and value to this art that people had made. And part of me was like, oh, this is so wrong. Like, this is wrong to invite people to judge this. Mm -hmm. And, but then I realized that that's why the artists had done it to be displayed, to be, uh, you know, valued in the positive or valued negatively or, or whatever, but to evoke some kind of conversation and emotion from people as they're going through and looking at these exhibits and, you know, the, all the different ways that they've displayed this right to evoke a conversation about it and for me i'm trying to get to the point where i can push myself to realize if this evokes a conversation even if people tell me that i'm wrong or you know that my perspective is limited or naive or whatever <laughs> you know at least it's starting a conversation right and that's what you try to do i think yes it is and it's not saying just because you're the one who put the words on the page doesn't say you're the authority or the um, the only way this story could have been told, but you are the one who told the story. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> it's a but process. It's a, it's a, it is a process. And to get to the point of being a professional writer, it takes investment of time and money. But that investment of time and money can bring great yields, not only for you personally, but also for a whole community of people who are going to encounter your book in some way. Yeah. And if you don't, if you can't get to the point, even if you're a published author of realizing that and recognizing those connections through the time and space of you sitting at your desk and writing and nobody knew you were writing a book and then suddenly it's published and, and somebody's life is impacted for that. If you can't take those connections and elevate them to something that makes you keep writing, then you've got a lot of work to do on yourself because right. this is part of the process is that the reason you're doing it is not for yourself and for people to come up and and tell you all those great things about you or about your writing or about whatever, what you're doing is you're doing something that is contributing to the greater community of people, I think. Right. Definitely. And so you have to take those connections of people who even I'm thinking about even you of the people who have said, Oh my gosh, I love this character. I love this girl. And, you know, say, uh, well, I gotta, I gotta introduce her to more people because yeah. already she's made an impact. And already, you know, from the, from sending the cover design to the people that you have, that we have a picture, although my picture might not be like everybody else's picture. We have a picture of who this girl is and that's good yes. you know, that we can imagine and connect with that character. Yes, I agree. And so now the next step is to finish the rewrite. Go, Elizabeth, go. <laughs> yeah, halfway through. That's awesome. And for me, yeah. it's uh, finishing the freaking draft. 
<laughs> Yay! Somewhere. See, Ben's, Ben's uh, excited about it too. I can tell. <laughs> back there in the background. Well, so what are you reading? Oh, I've been so off the wagon right now. Um, I still occasionally am reading uh, the beta draft of my friend Karen's novel um, when I have moments to read, but mostly I'm, if I'm not uh, working on all the ridiculous things that I'm, I'm my reading my work, that's what I'm doing. Pretty much. I'm either like reading my own stuff or I'm like working on somebody else's work or, um, or I'm staring at a blank wall <laughs> going, yeah. okay, just like reset. I can't, uh, yeah. I can't read anymore. Where's the reset button. So I hope to get back to it soon though. I actually just ordered um, a copy of the book, The Lean Startup that was published in 2011. Ooh, um, that sounds, I'm looking it up now. Yeah, you might want to get a copy of it too. My friend Gabriella from DIY MFA, um, she recommended it as uh, it was really um, beneficial for her um, business building process. And so I'm excited to get a copy of that book and have a look at it. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I have so many different, um, fiction books that I want to read, um, including, and this is kind of funny. It's, I think it's funny to say that somebody is your, one of your favorite authors when you haven't actually read the majority of what they've written. But, um, I would say that about Chuck Wendig, um, I, I haven't read any of his fiction, Yet I've read his nonfiction and I read his blog and I love Chuck Wendig. I think he is fantastic. Um, and so I have a few of his books on my Kindle now and they're just waiting. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I know, I see you there. I want to read what, what you've written so that I can like bask in that and enjoy it. But um, it's so I just, there are so many things that are on the sidelines for me that I'm like, I really want to get to you, but I just can't do it quite yet. But soon, but not yet, but soon. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a fun little um, exchange with Chuck Wendig yesterday, actually. I saw that. Tell did us you, more. Did you see the whole thing, though? Because, like, it started on his page um, because he posted about um, about the fact that J.K. Rowling retweeted him on Twitter. And he was, like, super excited about it. And, like, it was just this cute little, like – um, basking in the glory of like JK Rowling retweeting something that he wrote and how cool is that? And, um, so in the comments where people were all like, Oh, that's so awesome. That's so cool. I was like, dude, just for perspective, like when you comment on something that I like comment in the, in, you know, your stream here, that's what I do. That's the reaction I have about you. And he was like, why? <laughs> And I was like, um, because you're awesome and you're a really good writer and I don't know, it's the fangirl thing. And so then I put on my Facebook page, I was like, um, you know, I was like, you guys, Chuck Wendig just commented on something that I commented on, um, or replied to something that I commented on. And, you know, I was like, I'm because I'm trying to prove a point, right? I was like, people are going to be excited about this. And I know you're jealous. And of course people are, I have lots of like likes and reactions from that now. Um, and then he commented on it too, but I wanted to be like, dude, pay attention here. Like if you don't know why people get excited when you interact with them, here's why, <laughs> because 
you're a good writer, you're somebody that people look up to and you have this presence and, and ta-da, I'm so excited. And so I, I don't know, I was just putting it out there. Well, and I think we need people in our lives who are telling us those things because, you know, you know, your journey and you know, people who knew you before you were a writer. So to, to think that there are these other tangential people out there who have discovered you and who are inspired by you and who read your blog. I mean, you, yeah, you can look at the back end of your website and realize, Oh, I had, you know, 244 visitors, but you don't understand, you know, the reactions of people. Sure. You can see it on Facebook, you know, now you have cute icons that can better identify what kind of reaction people are having, but you don't really know what part of that sticks with someone more than just that fleeting reaction, pressing action, (laughs) you know, so it actually encourages someone or gives them hope or sparks some sense of creativity. So that's awesome that you were able to provide that for him. Yeah, I hope so. I hope, I hope the point got across because I'm like, dude, just pay attention here. (laughs) But anyways, it's, it's always fun being friends with authors that you like on Facebook too, because you never know when they're actually going to like have a real interaction with you (laughs) when it's not just posting stuff out there. And then you're like, look, we had a, we had a conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, but that was the long version of what I'm not reading. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, I like it. So you're reading Chuck Wendig's. Hey, we'll link to a site here. Hold on. Yeah. And I will, I, I will be reading what Chuck Wendig has written hopefully soon, but um, I also, I put more links for you in the, I got them. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah. But what are you reading? Something interesting, okay. I hope. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm still reading Gilead. Actually, it's sitting right here on my desk. Um, the winner of the Pulitzer Prize. And, right. But then I also, I went to Barnes & Noble and I had to get a gift for somebody. And so I picked up Brene Brown's Rising Strong. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you read Daring Magic Greatly lessons. or you haven't? I haven't read it. And I almost bought that one, but I decided to, at this point right now, Rising Strong. And even if it's out of the wrong order, I need to read that one. And yeah. then I'll go back and read the other ones. Cool. No, I don't think there's an order that things are supposed to go in. I feel like Rising Strong came first. I could be wrong. No, I think that one's her latest one in Daring oh. Greatly. Isn't that know. the one? Oh yeah, Rising Strong was 2015. So during and that's the one that that um, Elizabeth Gilbert talked about on Magic Lessons. Uh huh. And did an interview with her about her upcoming book, and so that's the one. It, it took me a little while because I would go and I would be like, "Daring greatly, that doesn't sound right." <laughs> this is the one that do you do this? And I'm like, I know it's yeah. by her, but yeah. No, I read Daring Greatly because uh, because Amanda Palmer. I don't think I have to say any more than that because Amanda no. Palmer. <laughs> but um and do i've been totally evangelizing people with amanda palmer recently too and it's been glorious like i i met a person the other day who's a writer who lives in davis and um she and she um had heard about the book through somebody else that i had talked to we have a mutual acquaintance and so that person shared that she should read this book by, you know, Amanda Palmer, um, The Art of Asking. And so like I met her and we're at uh, one of the write-ins that I host for 
my community of writers. Um, and she like, she sits down in front of me and she like pulls out the copy of the book and she's like, thank you so much for this. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. But like, you should be thanking Amanda Palmer for it. Cause she's the one that wrote it. But it just was that funny that like, you know, it was because I'm so enthusiastic about her that through that enthusiasm, someone else shared that book with somebody else even. And it just, yeah. it was just crazy. So I was like, ha <laughs> But I think that's one of the best things that we can do as writers and publishers in this field is recommend really good books. To yes. Yes. Well, I recommend that book to anyone. <laughs> I think it's great. So if people want book recommendations or <laughs> to figure out what to do, where could they find you? Well, you can find me everywhere. I'm on the web at www.writingrefinery.com or at www.elizabethkaufman.com. Um, and that's Elizabeth with an S in case you're wondering. Um, it's in the show notes, I assume. Um, so uh, you can find me those two places and you can comment on my blog or you can send me emails. Um, happy to, uh, to chat with you and to answer questions about editing or about writing or about life philosophies, because I talk a lot about that on my author blog right now, um, um, or about the writing process. And you can also find me on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and Goodreads, um, and Tumblr even, um, at Writing Refinery. Um, so, and Google Plus, I mean, I'm everywhere. So <laughs> just look for, look for Writing Refinery. You'll find me. Um, look for The Raven. So I'm there. I like that. Look for The Raven. That's a good tagline. Well, yes. It's nice, true. nice. Look for The Raven. And if, if you want to talk about the publishing process or, or get a good estimation of really how much money it takes to publish a book, whether you're doing traditional publishing or self-publishing, or you want to talk about ebook formats, uh, print formats or anything really. Um, good coffee. I like to talk about that too. <laughs> uh, German beer. I like to talk about that. Wh right. Whatever you want to talk about, you can find me harrelsonpress.com at Harrelson Press on Twitter and Harrelson Press on Facebook. But until next time, yeah, take heart, dear readers and writers and people who listen to our show. <laughs> Your story matters. Put it yep. out there. Yes. Into the cosmos. And have us help you if you feel like you need help because that's what we do. Send it out into the cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.